Hop on board. It's time for another trip with the biker and the rabbi. This hibernating bear is a perfect example regarding Yosef and the lessons learned from his life. But, uh, a bear? Seriously? I mean, Yosef is one of the most respected and brilliant leaders in the Torah. His story, as we've been telling it, is an inspiration to anyone looking to achieve higher goals. So what in the name of the Lombardi Trophy am I doing in a cave, comparing a Torah great to a sleeping bear? There's a lot this bear can teach us about ourselves, that's what. No, not fishing for salmon for our dinner. No, not that we get a good winter's sleep. I mean, even I can't sleep that long. Stick around. This is about to get interesting. Okay, what greatness is sleeping inside you? Do you even know? Each one of us is destined for greatness. Yes, yes, even you. That doesn't mean you're all going to win seven Super Bowls. That's measuring greatness in terms that offer limitations. I'm talking greatness that has no bounds, no limits, and can exist forever. Greatness comes in so many different packages. Your greatness is inside you already. But, like our friend the bear, it's sleeping. Sometimes really, really deeply. We need to identify it and then wake it and make it ours, extract it, so we live a life that's full, fulfilling, and impactful. I thought before I bring in the rabbi, I'd have a few words with Dr. Freud. He knows something about greatness that sleeps inside you. Uh, you know I'm dead, right? Yeah, yeah, well, this won't take long. But we need your singular and original look at the human mind. The mind is very complicated, especially the subconscious. What I'd like to discuss with you is... How does someone identify their inner greatness? Oh, why don't you ask me something simple, like, why don't the Jets win a Super Bowl? <laughs> no one can explain that one, Doctor. Well, what you ask for is more complicated, and from a dead man, no less. Can I at least get a cup of coffee? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. There, there's some right over there. I'll, I'll have someone bring some over to you. That would be helpful, thank you. I'm always a lot better after I've had my first cup. Well... Good thing we've always got a hot pot of water going here. Uh, why is that? You'd have to go a long way to find a biker that doesn't love their caffeine. <laughs> I would love to get you on the couch sometime, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah, good luck with that. Anyway, here you go. Is that better? Viennese cinnamon. Always my favorite. Mm, yeah. Uh, can we continue? Our inner power lies dormant until actualized, and that requires action. Okay, explain. It's simple. The greatness you speak of can lie inside undisturbed. Or you can do something to disturb it, but this makes people uncomfortable. Like being in a room with, say, O.J. Simpson? Oh, that is a different kind of uncomfortable. The uncomfortable, I mean, is one that people do not do for themselves. Here's an example. You hate your job, but you will not change it because you'd rather stay with what you know. Suddenly your boss says you're fired! Now you must act. Your boss has awakened your inner discontent. You must act. You must change. Change is good. You know, for being dead, you sure make a lot of sense. Uh, being dead gives you a lot of time to think. So, does everyone need this kind of jolt to spur action? No one needs it. But 
Wait a second, didn't you just say... You are not listening. I said our inner power lies dormant until actualized. Making us uncomfortable is just one way. A person can actualize their inner greatness just by using their own mind. Anyone can do that? Yes, but it is not easy. Their mind is complicated. Well, yeah, I get that. That's why we brought you here. True, true. But uh, a simple explanation would take many, many podcasts, uh, Mr. Biker. Okay, uh, I got you. Thanks, Ziggy. How about you uh, try on one of our Biker and the Rabbi t-shirts? A small gift, just for coming back from the dead for the show. Ach, du lieber Ziggy! How about Dr. Ziggy, at least? So the question remains, what is the greatness sleeping inside you? And how do you unlock it? We've got a few ideas, some of which involve Yosef from the Torah. Stick around. Let's dive into this a little further. So stop what you're doing. It wouldn't hurt you to listen a little. Welcome back to the Biker and the Rabbi. Greatness within you. A greatness that is singular to you, available to you. A greatness that will help you create an original footprint in life. That's a fascinating idea, isn't it, Rabbi Halper? It certainly is. That everyone has greatness within them is sometimes a hard concept to get across. Is that we're more concerned with what we show others instead of what we really are? Somewhat, but that's too simple a way to look at it. Okay, explain that a little. We can't possibly see the true potential of anyone, especially ourselves, as it is many steps removed from the present. We must set and achieve simple, immediate objectives. This allows us to see the next horizon. So we should think about a simple goal we'd like to accomplish, and then accomplish it? We've discussed this before. Right, but now we're building on that step. Okay, okay, and uh, this step is now what? Focus. Set a goal, achieve the goal, allow it to become part of you, then start the process again. This creates a faith in process. Well, in a way, we talked about Yosef and how he was able to focus on positive things to get him through the tough times. So in a sense, just hanging on and keeping his chin up awakened his greatness. Right, and this is how we can apply the growth process through times good and bad. How? We need to know that the person and therefore the situation that we see today is but a seed of what can and will be. This is what Joseph was able to do. So, it has a lot to do with potential. That greatness sleeping inside. Remember, when something exists only in potential, it isn't yet part of the person or reality. When the potential is actualized though, success now becomes an integral part of the personality. And a changing person. Right, this person is now of an entirely different caliber, with a brand new range of possibilities for themselves. The tree trunk is strengthened when its branches grow and expand. Okay, well, yeah, that concept makes sense. But Yosef brings more to this conversation. He does. We should explore it a bit. Yeah, let, let's go do that. Come with us, won't you? Okay, we know that our inner power lies dormant until actualized. And that requires action. Do that, and you discover what you're truly capable of. Well put, and as we've said, Joseph was a dreamer like many of us. Only his dreams of greatness and leadership came to fruition. Now, we must link up with that commitment, and for that we need some background. The background on Joseph and how this all ties in with him. Right, let's go back to Joseph's birth. Joseph is born, and now Jacob can face his vengeful brother Esau. Esau, the one who sold Jacob his birthright and 
who had sworn revenge upon Jacob to the point of ordering him to be killed. Not exactly brotherly love. While Jacob's morals and inner core now are expanded by Joseph, who doesn't merely carry on after Jacob's death, but brings Jacob's message to the farthest reaches of Egyptian society. Well, after a really rough start. Right, it is through Joseph that the family and region is sustained during a devastating famine. He is the hero responsible for maintaining Egypt, all through discovering his inner greatness and using it for the good. Because at each step he could have just said, Ah, the heck with it. Right, he could have quit after he was sold to slavery, he could have given in to Potiphar's wife and comprised his moral base, he could have quit while in the dungeon, but he didn't. Yosef's dreams opened his eyes, but it was when Yosef actualized and expressed Jacob's morals and inner core that he was able to awaken his own inner greatness. But he had to commit to that greatness. Many of us have people who influence us in our life, like Jacob with Joseph, but we can be deaf to all of that. Why? Because we don't see it affecting our greatness? No, we see it. We ignore it because it may not be what we want. <laughs> But who doesn't want to be great? It's not like Yosef lacked ambition. True enough. Here's the catch, though. Real greatness isn't always glamorous. And Joseph's first job was anything but glamorous. Care to explain that, Rabbi? Not really. You see, handsome Joseph was purchased in the slave market for er, less than a savory use by a sick-minded master, Potiphar. Uh-huh. So what happened? Miraculously, Potiphar was struck with an illness that didn't allow him to carry out his evil designs. And where do you think this left Joseph? Well, out of a day job, I'd say. I imagine he served coffee or swept the floor. So how did he become Potiphar's chief of staff in that case? Which earned him notoriety and prison time, but ultimately paved his way to the throne. Joseph had rock-solid faith that his dreams would come true. But he knew that the road to greatness begins with simple, focused action. If he was stuck serving coffee, you could be sure that the coffee was delicious and that not one drop was spilled. <laughs> I could use somebody like that around the garage. Can't we all? So, to pull it all together. First, Yosef accepts and embraces his station in life. Episode number one. Then, he adds his ambitious dreams to the mix. Our episode number two. And finally, he acts. He knows the present, as dismal as it may be, is exactly where he needs to focus his efforts. And so he gets to work, not in a resigned sort of way, but, well, with gusto. Exactly right. Becoming the best barista in the world might seem like a trivial matter, but to Joseph it was the present definition of greatness. He was 100% confident that today's success would build Tomorrow's Opportunities. Wow, it's kind of like this quote I love from the writer Ryan Holiday. We talk a lot about courage, but we forget that courage, at its most basic level, is really taking action. Amazing, right? Reminds me of this one from W.H. Murray. Until one is committed, there's a chance to draw back. But the moment one commits, things occur to help that would never have otherwise occurred. So, positive energy, channeled. By your own action. Yet, action is the first step in awakening greatness. How about you sum everything up for us? Sure. It's like this. We wait around. We wait for things to change. We think that reality, the circumstances we find ourselves in, are the way 
it is and there's nothing to do about it. But the truth is very different. The truth is that the sky's the limit. The truth is we have incredible potential. We just need to start. When we start, when we act, when we accomplish, we build self. We have greater potential. We can go back to the drawing board, do more. We've now built greater potential and the cycle goes on and on. We just need to start. We need to get going with focused, courageous action. We need to see beyond the present. We need to believe and have faith in the future. Maybe you should ask someone. Wow. Inner greatness is in every one of us. And tapping yours starts with a simple belief that you can. Amazing. Okay, Rabbi Halpern, how about we dig into some of the emails? This first one comes from Ari. He writes, My question is simple. It's so easy to get distracted by my smartphone. I know I should just turn it off, but I'm in a business that forces me to constantly be checking it, and then, well, then I get distracted. I'm changing, and I feel like I need to address this issue. Any simple suggestions? It's a great question, Ari, and it's something that troubles so many of us. I think there are two ways to approach it. One, one level, which is a practical level, you got to schedule time out. you got to put your phone in the other room when you're working, when you're family. you got to shut it off. you got to try to turn off your notifications, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's a deeper level. There's some deeper work to do, and that is to tap into who you truly are, to engage in activities that build your inner core, whether it's meditation or even if it's recreation or it's Torah study, more spiritual prayer, et cetera, to really tap into what's meaningful to you in life. And that core, that strength will allow you to fight off the distractions and this really superficial stuff that, you know, all this notifications and all the social media that's always bombarding you. Because now you've got an inner core, you've got a center that can allow you to fight off the superficiality of that. Okay, next, this is from Susan. She just left this message. Do you really think what I say and do affects people that much? And who? I'm curious. It's a great question, Susan, and I think the answer is yes. What we say affects others. But more importantly, what we say affects us. Certainly, what we say to other people that empowers them is valuable. And when we put them down, when we when we plant seeds of doubt in their minds of what they can accomplish or what their self-worth is, that could be a big problem. That can be debilitating. But more importantly, what we say affects us because when we speak truthfully, when we express our deeper essence through speech, we build ourselves. We become more real. We become more powerful. And when our talk is cheap, we cheapen ourselves, we cheapen our own self-worth. So speech really matters. Thank you for the question. It's really an important subject. Speech really, really does matter. Thanks for being here today. I'll get your coat. It's time to go. Well, that about wraps up another podcast. It's great to have you with us, and we'd like to request two things from you. First, if you like these, please pass them along to friends and anyone you think might enjoy the content. Secondly, if you have questions you'd like answered or you just want to learn more, reach out to our recorded line at 303-820-2855. Because of time, we can only choose two or three to read on the air, but... Kolel Rabbis will be happy to answer any questions these podcasts bring up. And as always, a huge thanks to the Denver Kolel for their support and their access to their resources. If you wish to support them in any way, visit their website at denverkolel.org. Kolel spelled K-O-L-L-E-L. 
On our next podcast, we tackle another aspect in the life of Yosef and how its life lessons really do resonate with you today. Please join us. I'm the biker. For the rabbi, Rabbi Halpern, thank you and God bless. Thank <laughs> you.